Welcome to From the Back Tees, a podcast where we tee it up from the back every week. gentlemen welcome to the from the back tees podcast a podcast that is still always from the back tees no matter what my name is jerry lou and with me as always is our editor-in-chief zach pencer our regular tiger writer nolan smith and zach before i start gushing whoever just rubbed their butt on the microphone we have a very 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 special guest tonight zp who is it yeah we got a huge guest we got peter costas on the show peter how are you doing and thanks for coming on i'm doing great how are you guys doing not too bad. A little quarantine, but uh, other than that, managing. Uh, which one of you guys plays from the back tees? Anybody? <laughs> I think we, we all do. Try. We all do, Peter. Really? <laughs> I don't okay, do what do you well. shoot? What do you shoot? I'm starting to break 80 on a regular basis, so that, that feels good. All right, good. you got to move up a set of tees. I think you got to change the podcast to uh, from maybe. the red. From the middle tees. From the middle. <laughs> no, we're open to ideas, absolutely. Okay, all right. <laughs> Sorry, I've just been cooped up here for a while, so it's, it's all good. No, no doubt. My golf club actually just closed last night while I was on it, and I kind of said, like, well, let's just pretend I was out there, and you couldn't tell me and you didn't see me, so I finished up, ran out and finished up the nine holes as fast as I could and shot a 35, had a good time. I mean. Good for you. <clears throat> so, uh, basically, for – for anyone who doesn't know uh, Mr. Costas, he is uh, a legendary on-course reporter, probably the guy who I would say verbally wrote the book, so to speak, and like, I would say just so even keel, right and wrong, how to like do your job and had very lots of iconic moments. He was there for a lot of great things. But Peter, if you could please just for like uh, the fans, pretend we're in an elevator for 90 seconds. Anyone who's like li- been living in a rock, who are you, where are you from? Well, uh, first of all, I'm Peter. I'm not Mr. Costas. Mr. Costas is no longer with us. So uh, we'll, we'll yes. deal with that. Um, you know, I, I grew up in the, in the golfing hotbed known as the state of Maine. <laughs> um, in the big old town of Sam. I managed to escape when I found out there was, uh, was some place else in America where it didn't snow in the wintertime. Um, went to Florida and, uh, and started my golf career. Any big names out of uh, out of Maine in the in the golfing world besides yourself? Uh, George H. W. Bush, George oh. W. Bush. Yeah, <laughs> uh, those, those are those are. I started in the business at uh, at Cape Arundel Golf Club, which is their golf course. Um, How fast could they play eighteen holes? I heard they were legendary with pace. I, I once played with H. W. Uh, in two hours and eight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a that is our golf shooting lesson too. My father would be so <laughs> proud. Come on! <laughs> oh goodness, that's wonderful. <laughs> well, I wanted to ask you real quick. Uh, I know you went to the University of New Hampshire on a football scholarship. Uh, what position did you play? I don't. I, I feel like in all the scouring of information or interviews from you in the past, which Bravo, we appreciate you, um, regardless of the situation being available. But I mean, uh, what position did you play in football? Well, uh, you know, what year were you born? 84. See, I, I played before you were born. And I'm the old guy. I'm, I'm, I'm the old guy. No, I, I, actually, I actually played quarterback. 
Uh, but back then, um, freshmen were not allowed. NCAA rules did not allow freshmen to play varsity sports. So uh, I unfortunately got injured my freshman year and never was able to play varsity uh, because of those rules and regulations and my injury. What was your injury? Uh, my, my knee. I, I tore up my knee and had several surgeries. And back then, I, I had a meager scholarship, but if I played another varsity sport, uh, I could keep my scholarship. And that's how I ended up with a golf team. Mm. Oh, there you go. Well, absolutely. Nice transition. And, and speaking of – oh, sorry. Go ahead, well, Nolan. Did you – I mean – did you just pick up golf right on the fly there? Or you, were you, uh, you know, did you, were you an avid golfer throughout the, the main summers? Or? Yeah, no, I, I played a lot in high school. Um, okay. I, I loved the game. And, uh, uh, but back then it was my second sport. And then it very quickly became my, my first sport. Oh, right on. Now, speaking of good transitions uh, from something to, from personal injury, we're recording this on, uh, today's uh, Wednesday, March the 18th, uh, in the United States, amidst the entire world, we're going through this uh, coronavirus situation, and we wanted to make sure that, obviously, this isn't just a, a show that's uh, meant to, like, make light or distract or even try to, like, get you gotcha or different people with certain types of journalism or just, uh, you know, clickbait because everyone's bored, but, Peter, you, in my opinion, the reason why I called you Mr. Costas, I mean, you're you're a luminary. We'll get, we'll get to other uh, reasons uh, why I say that later, but... Uh, you, I feel like, would have probably one of the most, like, sage and, like, like proper visions and opinions on what's going on right now. I mean, do you have any thoughts as to, like, how we should be handling this or how things have been handled? One of, one of my biggest concerns is that all of a sudden, I mean, we have no sports in America right now. Um, but the game that everybody's playing is the blame game. And, and I don't like that. I don't like the fact that... Uh, that, that people are, are turning this into political propaganda or, or whatever. And, and there are so many experts coming out of the woodwork who absolutely don't know a damn thing about medicine or viruses or whatever. So I don't claim to know any more than anybody else. All I know is that if the experts tell me to do X, I'm not going to do Y. I'm, I'm going to do what they say. I'm going to try and stay away from people. I'm going to, uh, be socially distant. I'm going to be prudent. I'm going to try and protect the people around me. It's 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 really time for for people to to think of something other than themselves, something bigger than themselves, um, and, and try to do the right thing for the right reasons, rather than what tends to be the the case of being selfish and and, and doing whatever makes you happy. I, I don't think that's the time for that right now. I 100% agree, Peter. Like being like a younger and healthier individual right now uh, a lot of the people are saying well it can't really you know get at me individually that that down in the you know it, it can't affect me too much but me carrying it passing it along to someone who's not healthy right now who has a low immune system that that's the the big kicker and a lot of people aren't thinking about that they're thinking, well, it can't really harm me, so who cares? I'm going to go do whatever I want. But that's definitely not the mindset we as a, as a population, as a humankind should be carrying right now. No, you can't, you can't do it that way. I mean, golf, I think, is, is one of the, the few places where you can go and get away from, from this confinement that we, we find ourselves in. Uh, that said, you know, you got to go back 
uh, to, to the early days. You got to go back, carry your bag, walk, play golf by yourself or with some friends and, and stay apart. You, know, you don't have to go in the clubhouse. You don't have to drink. You don't have to um, have dinner. You don't have to do any of those things. You just you can go out and play golf and get away from the real world and, and get your brain kind of rebooted for a while. So I, I think golf can be uh, a great respite from the tensions that we're feeling right now. Agreed. What, what do you mind me asking? What, where were you when the kind of like the sporting world started the domino effect? I think the first thing to kind of boom was the NCAA tournament. Um, but what yeah. was your, yeah. What were your thoughts when you first saw that notification pop up? Well, the, the, the people at Whisper, I, I'm a member at Whisper Rock Golf Club in, in Scottsdale, and it's, it's a fairly well-known golf club with, with lots of tour players as members. Um, you know, we have over 500 members, and the average handicap of the membership is, I think, about seven. So we got wow. um, and Sticks. And uh, back in, in early November, when CBS uh, elected not to rehire McCord and me, um, some of the members at Whisper Rock have called this the Costas McCord curse because uh, oh. it appears the virus started in China about the same time <laughs> we were let go. So they're having fun with I it. Get, at point. I, I get that. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's highly inappropriate, uh, regardless of our opinion uh, on the estimation of Mr. McCord or uh, yourself. But I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 you know what? All we can do is is try to find some humor and some and some sort of. Uh, uh, escape from it while while maintaining our vigilance to do the right thing for the right reasons oh absolutely i mean i it's it's definitely i'm starting to see ripples at my job i uh, i meant to tell you earlier peter before we started recording i'm a caddy at Ben and dunes and like today uh i just happened to hear that our resort overall numbers are just down 50 percent, and like we were on a big upswing until all this happened and it's actually we thought it wasn't really gonna affect us but i mean we're waiting any day for the resort to close for whatever state restrictions in Oregon they put on us. But needless to say, uh, nothing's happened yet. I mean, everyone's griping for a lot of reasons. I almost saw like a borderline fistfight break out in the Caddyshack cafeteria today over people who are just like opinions on this. And, you know, I'm, I'm surprised more level heads prevailed than I thought did. And nobody really, you know, uh, freaked out or whatever. But needless to say, we always try to keep politics out of the Caddyshack. Because even though I live in backwater conservative Oregon um the state votes another way no, um, and needless to say but the Caddyshack is full of people from all over the country and everyone's from all walks of life and I do appreciate everyone's opinions but I know not everyone else does so that's why I tend to be one of those people it's like let's just talk about who's going to win the AL MVP that oh wait there's no baseball okay, let's just talk about the NFL like something or whatever I mean yeah what, no, what happened lost last night I don't know and and and, and we have some uh, some caddies from Bandit who've come to Whisper Rock oh yeah in, who, who you got here. Um, who you, you're you're putting me under pressure for names, <laughs> faces. Okay, fa hey, that's I, I you know, we, I wouldn't go with nicknames that can't be repeated on a podcast, actually. <laughs> well, I understand for because you didn't fill out an NDA, sure, but we are censor free, so if it's a bad <laughs> word, you can go ahead and say it. I mean, we hell, we we got a caddy uh named Shanks at our uh in our uh stable, and that's a bad word to a lot of golfers like that. You never somebody just ran off the road because they heard it right now. I mean. <laughs> No, it's all good. And you know what? Most of our golf courses, uh, Paradise Valley Country Club, uh, not too far from my home, they, they shut down today uh, completely. Uh, Whisper Rock has closed the, uh, the men's grill, uh, the locker room, everything. You can go play golf. You can hit balls. Um, 
We're trying to maintain the caddy program, uh, but there's no contact between the player and the caddy. So, you know, mm. the, the caddy will not carry your bag. He can drive the cart if you want to walk, uh, but you pull your own clubs, um, no contact. Uh, we're, we're doing our best to, to try and mitigate the spread of anything that might happen, um, but it's tough. It's, it's just strange times. That's actually, that's something I found myself tweeting like friends and family a lot lately. I'm like, these are strange times. These are weird times. And it's not even like coming from, I feel like we say that when we're at war or like, or there's like a political temperature that we're all not used to, but it's like, and whether those things are related or not, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, I, I was one of those people who always thought like, oh, we're modernized enough or we're at least collectively smart enough on a lot of things. We can't whip ourselves into a panic. And that's why some people see me on social media freaking out because I'm like, look what we've done to ourselves. And so this is going to cost some people their lives too. I mean, yeah. I, so. I remember uh, when, I, when I heard that the PGA Tour was closing up shop, I was like, man, this is for real because, you know, golf doesn't really – you know, seem like something that could be affected by this, but um, once well, they let's, let's remember one thing. Today is Wednesday, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Last Thursday, six days ago. Yeah. They were playing the first round of the Players Championship. Feels six like it's days a- later. We've canceled ten tournaments. It doesn't look like uh, maybe the U.S. Open will get played. I I sincerely doubt it because it's in Westchester County, which is uh, the epicenter of what's going on in New York. So in, in, in six short days, I mean, the golf world, forget the rest of the world, we're talking golf right now, has been turned upside down. I mean, right. we end up, may end up canceling the year. Who knows? Um, but it's happening very, very quickly. What are your thoughts on possible postponement of the Masters? Do you think that could uh, ever resurface? Well, I, I'm not sure. Um, I, I do know the hotels at Augusta have started uh, increasing prices on a couple of weeks in October when they think it might take place. Yeah. Um, who knows? It's all speculation. Yeah. It's all speculation, <laughs> and I'm not sure that the Masters is going to want to run a couple tournaments in a three-, four-, five-month period either. So uh, I think postponement might turn into cancellation. Hope not, but that's the reality that we have to deal with. Same with the PGA. Um, and, and uh, you know, we have to remain to be seen what happens with the U.S. Open and the British. Yeah, I know one thing I've been thinking about, we're friends with a couple of players on tour and more so a lot of the caddies on tour. Do you think the tour is going to compensate the players at all or probably more importantly the caddies who are making a significant amount less? No and absolutely no. Yeah. that's not going to happen uh, I mean um, uh, the players are independent contractors um, you know it, it was probably I don't know if it was a good look or a bad look I know they were forced to by regulation to, to pl- pay all the players the $52,000 or whatever it was uh, for the players championship would have been nice if, if that could have gone to charity or something Yeah, uh, but uh, they're going to donate other monies that they have to charity. Uh, we're going to keep moving on. But unfortunately, caddies are going to be like, um, you know, your barmaids, your, your waiters, um, people who work for tips and, and, 
and, and so on and so forth. We're going to have to just try and figure out a way to help them through this time because I, I don't know that uh, there's any structure in place for the PGA Tour to help. No, here, here. I, I hear that. And, and that's what I always say about like between the Band of Dunes caddy pool, I'll take Pebble Beach and I'll take uh, the, the two big tours. I mean, like, you want to talk about the smallest union of unions, it's uh, golf caddies. Like, I, I was thinking, like, there's maybe a thousand of us guys and gals doing it uh, year-round as a quote-unquote vocation, like, as a, like, day-in, day-out job. And, and that's why they, they were talking about, like, this whole stimulus check from the government. And right away, I looked at my girlfriend and said, like, oh, I know half the caddies and won't be eligible for that <laughs> just because, like, they don't file taxes or, or they're in witness protect. I'm kidding. But, I mean, no, like, you know. don't file taxes? You're kidding me. Hey, hush, Peter. Uh, needless to say, needless to say, I remember I just uh, uh, paid my dues and filled out my employee information. And if you want to be a caddy at Bannon Dunes, folks, you don't need a driver's license number or a social security number. You just have to have a pulse and, and like can write legibly and essentially like, you don't even need a driver's license. I mean, you drive carts. Uh, anyways. Don't worry. It's not like this podcast goes anywhere, Jerry. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, does anyone else have anything else they want to ask uh, Peter, or is there anything else you want to share about uh, the uh, current world situation before we move on to some other uh, lighter-hearted golf-related and/or entertainment-related stuff, fellas? Well, I think we can move on to some more light-hearted stuff. Well, that's yeah. perfect. So, uh, so I'm really—it's really cool, Zach, that you and Peter uh, like managed to get together for this. Like, I was jumping up and down with joy when I heard the news because the uh, my first. I guess, uh, uh, Peter, I was like employee number one for the site, uh, helping Zach out, uh, quote, back in the day. Like, it was a little over a year ago. But the first article I wanted to write for him was the best golf movies all time, ranked one through five. And I, yeah, for a little controversy, I put Caddyshack at five. Because, yes, folks, it's the, it's the top comedy movie, but a golf movie, it could be anything. I put Tin Cup up at number one. And I even distinctly remember mentioning in the article, the, uh, the best scene of the movie is the scene with you and McCord and Mickelson and uh and Stadler when uh when uh, Costner drops the bag caddying for Don Johnson and, and hits the shot over the water needless to say you were just doing your normal job you weren't even acting you were just being you and I, and no, as no, I, said, I was acting I, I was acting I mean come on give me some credit <laughs> yeah. oh, well, but you but I but the reason what made you so He's good on IMBD is, now <laughs> yeah I, I will right as we're talking here but uh but the good thing about you Pete what I loved about what you did for your job is in between the ropes you were just the most like even keeled like straightforward like no BS, but also like, just like kind of like calling what you see and you've seen, God, you've been like in the front lines for like longer than I can remember for anybody else. So you just essentially, in my opinion, just stepped onto the camera, just doing what you do best, which is just like, you're like, like, like a weatherman would or something, or just like getting into your routine. And it's just like, like when you said like, Oh, he's got that good. Like, I just thought like, this is, this is, I'm watching a movie and it's about like, I feel like I'm watching real live golf. That's why I said it's the number one golf movie. They just, when, uh, when Pavin said, uh, I can't believe Tim Cup's going to have my name next to his on the trophy, that's when I stood up and said, that's it! That, we're talking, this is the best golf movie. So uh, that was just, I have it written down, Tim Cup, me, Gush. That was, that was just my little part right there uh, for you. I mean, how, how, how long did you work on the movie for that, uh, for the little bit that you were in it? Well, I mean, I, I was tasked along with McCord, but mostly it was me because McCord can't teach. <laughs> to, uh, to get Kevin to look respectable uh, as a golfer. And uh, actually, we were in uh, Akron, Ohio, doing the, uh, the tournament there at, at Firestone. And Kevin flew into town. Ron Shelton, the director, uh, he flew into town. And, and we took Kevin out to the driving range at Sharon Golf Club. And 
kind of put a club in his hand for the first time in front of us and, and he made a few swings and you know he was a baseball player growing up mm-hmm. so he had good hand-eye coordination and he gave me something to work with physically um, and then after about a half an hour of hitting balls he managed to hit an eight iron uh, about 150 yards and it, and it actually hit the flagstick on, on the green and he turned to Ron Shelton and he said Ronnie I'm going to be hitting the shots in the movie. There'll be no editing. And so Ron Shelton came over to me and he goes, son, your job just got a whole lot more difficult. <laughs> so um, we worked with Kevin on his golf swing. Um, and then McCord had a caddy who helped him on the senior tour. And, and he was kind of like the caddy savant who helped uh, Cheech figure out how to caddy and, and what to do and where to stand and, and the whole thing. So, yeah, I mean, it was great fun. We were down in, in south of Tucson in, in a place called Tubac. That's where that scene was, was filmed at ah. Tubac Country Club and, and uh, hanging with everybody. It was a great time. And, and we've become part of golf terminology now. I mean, if somebody's going for a big number on a hole, what do they call it? They call it a tin cup. <laughs> And, you know, <laughs> no, absolutely. Anything like that was going to happen. We were just having fun at the time. Oh yeah, I mean it's it, it's easy to say because when I rank the golf movies, there's only there was really only five that I was ranking. It was Tin Cup, Caddyshack, Happy Gilmore, Legend of Bagger Vance, and the greatest game ever played. And we're talking about five completely different entrees here. It's like you have a you have a nonfiction, you have a fiction, you have a like, and then, and so forth. So it's not like you ever had like one movie that was directly rivaling and rivaling like the others. So that's why I loved how great Tin Cup was because my gave this and also has a romance story on the side. I mean, that's that we can get the wives and girlfriends into it. I mean, my girlfriend loves Tin Cup because she's a PGA professional and you know, Renee Russo is great. I mean, what can we say? Well, you know, did you ever watch Bull Durham, the baseball movie? Oh yeah. Hell yeah. Ron Shelton did that. Mm-hmm. And, and so it, it, in, in a lot of ways, it's, it's kind of like Tin Cup. There's, there's a romance, there's a story um, and, and there's golf involved and, and, and uh, as such, it had a lot of things going for it so that the guy could go see it because he thought he was a golf nut and he could take his wife or girlfriend and she would like it because there was a romantic comedy involved well as well. Yeah, I, I felt like it was an airtight movie, save for the backspinning three-wood on the 72nd hole of the U.S. <laughs> that was a gust of wind from the gods. That wasn't backspinning. <laughs> That was a pretty co- consistent and stiff gust there, Peter. <laughs> you know what? We had, we, we had a guy there. Um, imagine uh, a four-foot piece of PVC pipe, just slightly larger than a golf ball. And this guy had rigged up um, uh, an air hose to it, and he could dial it in. And you put a golf ball in there. It was like a bazooka. And <laughs> he's the one that hit those shots out of the bazooka gun and and it put a tremendous amount of spin on the ball but but it, it took him maybe three or four tries at it to be able to to hone in on that green from 250 yards which was really cool oh yeah oh yeah that's the the effect is astounding because i mean what it was it 1995 96 i mean when the movie came out i mean how old were you what's that <laughs> how old were you Back oh, hey, I, I was I was eleven. You got to talk to these two. They were like zygotes or something. <laughs> I was three when it come at, came out, and so to to that point, um, I that movie was so well done. When I first watched it, I was 
I was asking my dad, hey, who's this Tin Cup guy? I want to follow him on the PGA Tour. This is, this is awesome. <laughs> like, he he's my favorite player. And uh turns out it, it was fiction, man. So, so well done. <laughs> you guys couldn't make me feel older if you tried. <laughs> Oh, I don't even know how we're doing that. I mean, that's insane. This is this this movie. I still oh, I own that movie and watch it monthly. I mean, it's 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 on heavy rotation. Just it's yeah. Uh, and the good news is I get a little piece of change every time it airs. I was gonna say I hope you get some mailbox money from that. I mean, they gotta whack it up to everyone somehow, right? Yep. yep. Well, good. You got a good agent then. Thanks. It's a gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> that, yeah, that's why you're talking to us here. You've uh, fallen on good times. These are the salad days. <laughs> so you uh, you obviously did a good job of coaching up. Kevin, what I know you were a coach, uh, swing coach, um, you know, many years. What what kind of experiences have you had in the in the coaching industry of golf? Oh wow, the podcast isn't long enough for that. <laughs> there's a bunch of them. I mean, there's I've had major championship winners on the PGA Tour, LPGA Tour. Um, Champions Tour. Uh, it's it's been a blast. I mean, I suppose probably my 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 favorite personal is Mark Calcavecchio. Uh, yeah, who was uh, he was on and off the tour, uh, mini tour player, part time tour player, whatever. We met in '84, and uh, I took him from there to winning the British Open in '89. And and that oh was, yeah, that was pretty cool. He became a, a world class player, Ryder Cup player. Um, and uh, I, I'm very proud of that. Yeah, he had some he had some rough years. I remember reading a nice article about him where he said the like, 80s were good, the 90s were bad, and the 2000s were good to him. So he just was having like every other decade issues, so to speak. But uh, but who I I got a question for you in terms of your students or people you can remember. And obviously, the more famous the name, the more fun the answer would be. But uh, who would you say is the most stubborn student you've had? Um. Well, it's, it's an amateur who is an absolute um, dear friend, and I've known him for 30 years, um, and he has a TV show that you might know about. He actually nope. had <laughs> His name is Maury Povich. Yes. My grandfather oh. was going to force me to ask you a question on him. He, oh, thank God we got to it. I mean, uh, what happened was uh, – uh, 30 years ago, because he's 80 now, 30 years ago, I got a phone call um, and, and this really deep uh, kind of sexy voice on the other end of the phone said, uh, I'm looking for Peter Costas. I said, this is he. Uh, who's this? And she said, uh, I'm Connie Chung. And I go, yeah, right. Said, Which one of my buddies put you up to this? And I said, I'm not falling for this. And I hung up the phone. <laughs> So, and so she called back. She goes, no, 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 really. I'm, I'm kind of shown, and I can't believe I'm about to ask you this, but um, I would like to give you to my husband, Maury Povich, for his 50th birthday. He wants you for his 50th birthday. And I said, well, I'm not that kind of guy. <laughs> um, and so I, from there, I mean, a lifelong friendship has been born. Um, and uh, uh, he, he's a sweetheart. He's, a, he's got a huge heart. And, but he's stubborn. I mean, he, he is, he's difficult to deal with at times. Having said that, um, he has shot his age now for the last 
I don't know, 12 or 13 years. Ooh, that's impressive. So he's a pretty good player. Nice. That's good. That's good to hear. So to, I guess, be a little more specific, um, how did how did you really get into coaching? That's kind of an interesting thought of mine as I have a friend who's uh, coming off collegiate golf and trying to figure out what he wants to do and thinks he might want to get into coaching. What, Is it Tedesco? What was that? Is it Tedesco? <laughs> no, it's not. Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, this is, this is where you guys and me come from different generations. Um, I, I finished college um, and didn't have a job, went back to Maine, met the professional at, at Cape Runnel Golf Club. His name was Bryce Roberts, sweetheart of a man. And uh, he hired me as an assistant pro and I got like 75 cents an hour as a basic wage. I got a few tips and Bryce didn't like to teach. And so he said, do you, do you know how to teach? And I said, sure. And I didn't know anything about it. I just said, sure, because I wanted to say, sure. <laughs> he goes, all right, here, you can teach. I charge $7.50 a half hour. Um, I get $2.50, you get 5 So I'm figuring, okay, he's paying me $0.75 cents an hour as an assistant pro. If I'm outside all day long, I'm getting an extra 5 bucks an hour. That's a no-brainer. And so I went out and I started teaching. And the first woman, my very first lesson, I, I will never, ever forget it. Um, you know, at the time, she looked like she was, I don't know, 100 years old. Um, and I said, what would you like to work on? And she kind of pulled the, the collar of her shirt down. She said, I want to get rid of this. And, and I looked on the right neckline and there was this black and blue and orange bruise there and, and I, I had no idea what she was talking about then I said okay let's hit a couple and so she, she just the, cl the club collapsed on her neck every time she hit it and on the way down and she got a bruise on her right side on the right side not the left gotcha and so uh, I spent 30 minutes with her and I, and I figured out a way for her not to hit her neck she didn't hit the ball any better whatsoever she in fact she hit it worse but she was ecstatic <laughs> And she told all of her friends, and um, my lesson book was full by the next week, and that was the beginning of a wonderful story. <laughs> that's crazy. No, it's, yeah, it's stupid. You can't do that stuff today. No, absolutely. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right when it comes to the generational change. I mean, I used to always think the generational shifts was like every 30 years, but it's to the point now where I think every 10 years has its own, like, different identity or approach or way of thinking, et cetera, so forth. So um, with that being said – uh, <clears throat> I happened to listen to the day it came out, your no laying up interview, which was tremendous. It, it was as groundbreaking and as cool as anything. I mean, not to call yourself like right place, right time or whatever, but I mean, they are, I'm, I'm not gonna say they're a rival golf podcast. They are very good. They're, they're, they're a, a brand that I like to subscribe to and listen to because they're pretty heady guys. They're really nice guys over there, but needless to say, uh, we didn't want to like, you know, I, I went and see, saw how many interviews you've done recently. We, we didn't want to pepper you with all the whole like, hey, so give us some more Patrick Reed stories or like uh, tell us some CBS dirt or whatever. But if you want to like, uh, like cover any of that stuff, you're more than welcome to. But I honestly look at it like I hate it when people repeat themselves, so to speak. So if there's really nothing new or funny or fresh to share, I mean, it's we can we can just skip it and, uh, and kind of get you on your way. Yeah, you know, I, I think I think the Patrick Reed story is what the Patrick Reed story is. I, I think. Uh... 
Um, it's been handled. Uh, I wish the tour had handled it a little bit better, but they handled it the way they wanted to. So they have to live with the results. And so does Patrick. So th there's nothing more to, uh, to unearth in, in terms of that subject matter, I don't think. Right. I got to yeah. ask you one thing, not, not really in regards to your thoughts on the matter, but what made you decide to speak up on it? Um, well, you know, the, the background is that uh, I went to work for Frank Trukinian, who was the godfather of, of golf on television. Not, mm -hmm. not golf on CBS, but golf on television. Period. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and he, he had some hard and fast rules, one of which was um, that we were to report the story. We were never to become part of the story. Um, and uh, uh, consequence, what, what that meant was, you know, if, if there was a rules infraction, we could report on it, but we couldn't report a rules infraction and, and make us the story. Mm -hmm. So I, I couldn't say anything. And I had seen enough. And uh, one of my spotters um, had seen enough. He, he was with me, so he can corroborate everything that I saw. And um, once I was no longer working for CBS, I had no reason to keep quiet. I, you know what? It, it, I could, I could uh, hashtag speak truth to power. You know? <laughs> it didn't make any difference to me. I'm not going back on TV. I, I'm, I'm done with television. Um, I'm done with uh, PGA Tour golf on television because I don't like the direction it's going. And uh, I don't want to be a part of it. So I'm going to go on and do other things that make me happy and, and uh, chart a different course to my, to my golf life. Um, and so I figured, what the hell? Uh, you know what? It is what it is. I saw it. It was recorded. Um, on YouTube, they recorded the, uh, the incident with me and McCord and Patrick Reed at, at Beth Page Black on, on the 13th hole. And so I had documentation that I had done this before. So I wasn't jumping on the bandwagon, so to speak. I was just finally telling the truth. So, well, that all I'm hearing from this is Peter Costas, new pioneer of the new golf league. I mean, <laughs> what has anyone, I, 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 has anyone asked you about that? Like, what are your thoughts on the new golf league? I mean, it's, I, and now I feel like that everything's in hiatus. Like when everything gets started again, like anything can just like, uh, is right for like to spring up as well. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't think the new, the new golf league will, will get a toehold in golf. Um, I, I think that, you know, I, I don't like, I don't like hypocrisy and I, I don't like righteous indignation that's selectively applied. I mean, I, I know a lot of the money comes from Saudi Arabia and that, that has problems, but so does China and so does other places where, where the PGA Tour uh, very happily takes the money. So, I mean, mm -hmm. everybody's got their issues. Everybody's got their their, uh, their skeletons in their closet, you know? So uh, I don't know that that's the problem. I think the problem is more so that um, these guys are independent contractors. They get to decide when and where they want to play. And, and nobody tells them that they have to play. And I think that they're going to, they're going to pretty much balk at being told they have to show up these 18 weeks or whatever number of weeks it is and play. Um, they don't like being told what to do. That, that said, I, I think that some of the uh, ideas for that league 
could eventually end up being implemented on the PGA Tour because um, people are getting bored of 72-hole stroke play, 36-hole cut events. You know, so maybe they could implement a few different kinds of tournaments and, and, and change the way a few things are done. I don't know. Like but, how the European Tour is doing things a little bit? I mean... Well, no, the European, I mean, yeah, you can have a shot clock. You can, you can do those kinds of things. But well, I thought they were changing some formatting, and some of the formatting was like real goofy, goofball kind of golf, and I'm just like, okay, whatever works. I mean. I, I don't think people want that either. I, I, I think they want to see serious competition. But you okay. can have team competitions. You can have, you, can have uh, uh, you know, gambling is going to be a big, big part of golf going forward. So, I oh, mean, yeah. you can have, uh, you know, the top – whatever 12 players on the world rankings be captains of teams and you can play fantasy golf with them and you, you can maybe have a uh, have those guys accrue points for a, a quarter or a whatever and then have a tournament where they end up playing each other team event uh, there's all kinds of things that can be done if you if you stop and think about it a little bit and just try to make things a little bit more entertaining i think the tour has to walk a fine line between we are a serious competition <laughs> and we're entertainment. I think you can oh. do both. Yeah. Well, why isn't that the point? I mean, that's, uh, I'll speak from the layman golf fan right now. It's like, hello, we, we got nothing right now. So, I mean, we'll, we'll take that 72 old boringness as far as I'm concerned. Cause you saying that, that the, the average fan is bored by that. That was kind of news to me, but I'm just me and my own perspective. So, and I love golf. I mean, that's why I'm never a guy who is ever going to gripe about coverage or what networks doing whatever. Not to say some people do too much. I think all those opinions are very valid, but needless to say, I just love having golf on TV as a guy who hasn't had a cable package in a while and is trying to finagle watching golf as much as he can. And I fail a lot. I just love watching golf on TV. I watch so much crappy golf in person. I just love watching golf on TV. Well, and, and McCord and I have been approached by an entity um, during this respite from, from golf to... Uh, the WWE. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, to, to, uh, to, to maybe take some of the members at Whisper Rock because we got a bunch of... I mean, we got Ches Reeve, Paul Casey. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. John Rahm, Mickelson. We, we got a bunch of players. And maybe go out and do a Shell's Wonderful World of Golf with them, with McCord and me being the announcers... Um, well, well, let me ask you, why hasn't, why hasn't exhibition play been a bigger thing, Peter? I mean, that's like exhibition, I feel like. owns everything. Oh, well, okay. That, yeah, that makes sense, I guess. I mean, because yeah. I, I get the, why the, what the PGA Tour is. I know that they're a private organization who can make their own rules. That's why I know how the Dustin Johnson situation, how it was handled in years past. I know exactly what happened because I was friends with his attorney. So, I mean, it's, I, I, I get how the Wait, company you, you can't say employed. that. Okay, tell me what happened. <laughs> oh, well, from his attorney, I mean, I, the perspective that he gave me in terms of, like, what he was allowed to tell me was that uh, DJ really enjoyed the, uh, the booger sugar too much, but they kept masking it as uh, back injuries. And after, like, his third failed test, which was they, what they called, like, his third back injury, they just – gave him like time off, which was a suspension. But the PGA Tour didn't publicly come out and say, we are suspending our employee because he's doing drugs right now because they don't have to do that. They're protecting their employees. And, and that, their image. Yeah, but, but, but I mean, that, that was the little bit that my buddy told me, and that was years ago. I mean, I'm not gonna, I was, I was impressed that he was hanging out with my neighbor in the first place. I'm like, you're whose lawyer? Oh, that, that's my favorite golfer, oh my God. I mean, granted, it was five years ago. We all make mistakes, so. <laughs> 
Jerry's ridden the DJ train a couple times. A couple times. I've been riding that. I, I've been the, the the alleged president of the fan club for like eight years now, and I, I haven't checked the mailbox in like two. <laughs> well, listen, okay. Peter, we really, unless the fellas have anything else for you and you have anything else to share, we really, really, really appreciate your time with us. This has been absolute gold. Um, my favorite interview, uh, absolutely so far. Sorry, Seabass and, and company and whatnot, but, uh, but we do like to wrap up the show. Zach will explain it. It started off as a Canadian fun fact because he created the website and uh, therefore the Canada, it's a Canadian headquarter type thing. So he always does a Canadian fun fact. He's changed it into Canadian trivia now and we have running uh, standing. So your appearance is going to definitely be mentioned, especially if you win on this. But Zach, can you explain to Pete what's going on? Oh yeah. So we have a nice running standing of several PGA Tour players, caddies, and these two buffoons on the show with us. Uh, Jerry's completely destroyed his uh, five-win lead he had going. I had like and a six-six-week win streak, and I lost the last five weeks. Yeah. So, so it's a multiple-choice question, Peter. Very okay. simple. We're gonna give Jerry the first guess as he's leading. This one, I don't know if it's easy or hard for you guys. I really don't know how much you care about my country. So <laughs> the question is, what day is Canada Day? Is it May 1st, June 1st, July 1st, or August 1st? And I got to go first? Wait, I'm going to No, Nolan goes first because he looks like he doesn't know. May 1st. <laughs> you always got to repeat it one more time for me. May, May June. June, July, or August 1st? Uh, well, I'm going to go August 1st, Zach. Okay. Jerry? I was going to say August 1st as well. I have no predication. I, that was just my first guess. Okay. And Peter? I know it came during golf season because we talked about it, and it was sometime around the Canadian Open, if I remember correctly. I'm going July 1st. Wow. And for the first time ever, we have a guest shutout. Peter's the only one who got it right. <laughs> yes, yes, sir. Incredible effort. Oh, the guys, the the man's an encyclopedia. Also, incredibly embarrassing for you guys that you got it wrong. Way to to keep tabs on my country. I'm just happy I haven't lost any ground on Jerry. (laughs) By the way, who was the first guy to interview Adam Hadwin on national television? Hmm. Peter Costas. (laughs) Where? Oh, where? Where? Royal Montreal. No. West Coast. <laughs> Tori? No. <laughs> oh, God. The national championship. Oh. Really? It was Vancouver. Canadian Open. Oh, Zach. Well, it moves around all the time. How was I supposed to? Finished T4. <laughs> oh, man. I was afraid to answer. take more interest in your country. Yeah, no, this is bad. This is bad. <laughs> Wait, for the record, Peter, Nolan and I are Oregonian. Zach's the Canadian. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you get those laser bad. eyes off me there. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much. It was fun. Thank you for listening to From the Back Tees. Toward the hole, and it's in. We hope you enjoyed today's show. For more information and updates, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at From the Back Tees. I'm going to enjoy it for the rest of my life. See you next week. Be the ball, man.